Carrie. Hey, Sandra. We should do it more like our guest today. We should be like, hey, Carrie. Hey, Sandra. Whoa, who do we interview today? <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Okay, our viewers are not even going to know what to think about this. This is so awesome, fabulous, awesome sauce, fabulousness. Yeah, okay. we kind of went out of the box today. We did, but mainly to show the parallels between our business and his. His name is Thomas Williams. We call him Tom from the heavy metal band Straight in the Path. That was what started his whole career. But he not only is a guitarist for that, but he is also um, a guitarist for the band Tradewinds, which is an indie band. And he's also the co-founder of Other People Record Company. So he is helping produce other bands, other artists. I mean, this man is sick, insane, talented, unbelievable. He's not sleep, self-taught. Yep. He writes the music, taught himself how to write music, taught himself how to play the guitar. It is fascinating, this, this conversation, and uh, there's a lot of information. Absolutely, especially because during the pandemic, I mean, think about it, people, we're not allowed back in the opera houses to sing, can you imagine heavy metal concerts uh, with concerts and all this are I, he, in his words, it's going to be the last thing to come back to fruition again. How are these artists surviving and making money and all this kind of stuff. So fascinating conversation. They're having same issues as all the opera singers with visas. This is crazy people yep. stay tuned to this. This is yeah. really worth hanging out for the hour to hear what this, yeah, this awesome person has to say. Oh my God, I can't wait to go to one of his concerts. I'm like, please bring it back, people. I we need the we need to give back to what we do, which is making music and sending a message. And he comes to Europe. So check out this clip. Bye. Stay safe, people. <laughs> the younger bands I manage, like little things where I'm just like, you know what's important? Like where everyone thinks like, oh, you gotta practice, you gotta get whatever. I'm like. What's important is that on day one of a tour and you're touring with bands you never met before, go introduce yourself. You know what I mean? Like, go say hello, say thank you for taking us out. Like, like I'm, you know, fill in the blank name. Like, I, I really appreciate you. Like, that stuff went a long way. I don't know where I learned that stuff from, but I used to do, I would always made sure that I was very polite and and always was very thankful to the people that helped, helped us out early on. And, like, I used to do weird things, though. Like, and this is where, like, like I where I was, like subconsciously managing the band early on when I didn't even know it's like I'd be like oh I hear of a tour coming up like that someone's putting together and we don't have a tour I'm gonna find his number and call him I don't know this person and I would straight up call them and I'd be like hey like I play for straight from the path like here's the record we're gonna put out soon like you're doing a tour I'd love to do it and they're like who is this like excuse me you know mm -hmm. so he's like weird things like that that I think that I didn't even think about like it just didn't even cross my mind that this was weird but I just did it. And, you know, and I like, I think that kind of like, I guess, fearlessness or just like no care. And like, where I would just talk to anyone, like that's a huge, like attri attribution to have when you're like talking about managing bands or signing bands or anything like that. Hey. Hey. Oh, he's connecting, connecting to audio. Hey, can you hear me? Can you hear me? We can hear you. We can hear you. Check one, two, three. Check. Hey, how are you? Good. How are you doing? I'm good. 
That's a, oh. that's a heavy side. That sounds like I'm good, but. <laughs> I just literally, what did I get home? What's today, Sunday? Yeah, Friday. I was gone from July 1st till Friday, which Whoa. is only two weeks in a day, which isn't so bad. I'm usually gone longer than that, but haven't been gone in two years. And we were doing like 10 a.m. to 2 a.m. like sessions, and I'm just fried. <laughs> so Whoa. I'm just like, this is my first weekend of doing nothing in a long time. So like if well, you hear the sigh, it's just because I'm like, what thanks day? for joining us because it's oh no of course yeah i'm not put i, I wouldn't have done this if i oh, think right i you know what i uh, hi i'm sandra but Hello, um, sandra. you know i just got back to doing a full opera schedule too like i had only done one performance here or a concert there or blah 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 but not a full run of an opera and i gotta tell sure. you my body's going fuck you sandra <laughs> yeah, I, I bet i i literally fear when i go back on tour where because i'm just gonna be like I'm going to be dead. So well, more power so, to you. I get it into it sooner than I do. What were you doing sessions for? Is this a new album? Yeah. So we did, um, it, it's weird. So we were supposed to do, we were like looking for things to do. Cause like a year ago, maybe a year and a half ago, I mean, I didn't even know if our band was going to make it, you know, cause it was like, you know, our drummers in England, um, our singer who is American was in France and then our bass players in New Jersey and I'm here and no one knows what's going to happen in the music industry. And especially like metal metal shows are like, you know, hot, sweaty, everyone all over each other, you know? So it's like, are these ever going to come back, you know? So like we were searching for stuff to do and um, we had a song off of our 2017 album that didn't go on the album and um, it had no vocals. So we were like, we have this just sitting there. Let's record some vocals and go over it. And then we did it and we we're like, this is cool, but like, we might as well just do a new song. Like this doesn't even feel like our band now. And it's four years later. And then we did a new song and we're like, oh, well, if we're going to do a song, let's write a bunch of songs. And then we wrote five songs. We're like, we should put an EP out. And then we sent it, we sent it to our drummer um, who couldn't even be there for it. And, um, and he was just like, this is like our best stuff. This should just be the start of our next record. And we were like, cool. So cool. it started from a B side to a single to an EP and then just became our full length. So back in November of 2020, we, we did half of it and we just mm -hmm. went back to do the second half of it. Um, Amazing. So yeah, it's a new record. You record all together. Cause I made a CD before where everyone else had done it. We had all done it remotely. We just listened to the tracks and one by one, they kept adding the voices. Do you, mm -hmm. or do you do it all in the same room? We do it all in the same room. Um, so actually it's weird. So I've been in this band for a really long time. Um, but I would say like the start of our band was like 2008. And then from 2008 until 2015, we had one drummer and he left in 2015 and then we my whole thing was if we didn't find someone to replace him that was as good or better i was just done like because i was like if we uh, i've seen bands downgrade in drummers and they're dead like you just okay. in, in metal it's like the most important thing even if people don't realize it like you could they can subconsciously feel if it's not there um so that was in 2015 and then we remembered our like our drummer quit at the time unexpectedly and we, we we actually it was two weeks before a tour and he was like yeah i'm not coming we were like 
you gotta come like bro you know so he was go it was like kind of a personal thing it wasn't just like oh fuck you guys it was like a he had something happen in his family he's like i can't leave anymore and we're like listen if you need to leave the band that's fine but you can't just leave us hanging whatever so anyway we went through where we one of our like best friends is this band called architects and they're from england and we met them in 2008 and uh, it was in johnson city tennessee where you can imagine not a lot of metal shows go and this band from england they come over to america and their first show ever in america is in johnson city tennessee whoa and they're just like culture shock like crazy and we showed up and we didn't know them and we're just like oh what's up like hey well, let us show you around like whatever you know like and we've literally have be stayed best friends for like 13 or 14 years it's crazy cool. and cool. um so we toured with this band took us over because we were like so like friendly and nice with them they took us over to our first england tour in 2011 i think mm. and um their drummer had a drum tech and his name is craig and that's who is now our current drummer because we met him then and he was awesome and we like got along super well because for us we are super um i don't know if you've ever seen the show it's always sunny in philadelphia but like we always compare ourselves to them where we're just a lot yeah. like you know, me, the, the, we're all New Yorkers. Like we talk, we don't stop talking, which you'll experience here. I don't shut up. Uh, <laughs> I'm not already. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, we, uh, you know, um, we're all very loud and like, like, you know, kind of talk over each other, we'll yell at each other and we'll give each other shit. And then, so it's like, we knew we could find a good drummer, um, but we needed to find someone that could stand being around us for a long time. <laughs> so, and this guy, Craig is like, um, he was, um, he was just like us, but in English form. And anyway, he, we, I, I was scrolling on Facebook and he was just said like some joke or whatever like that. And this was like minutes after our drummer quit. And I saw him and I took a screenshot and I sent it to this, my singer and bass player. And I was like, this is our guy. And everyone's like, fuck yeah, we got to ask him. Anyway, he joined. So why this is all like kind of relevant to my band's history is up until then, I wrote basically everything like lyrics okay. music like i wrote all of it and it was extremely stressful and a lot of that is probably because i'm kind of a control freak when it comes to that stuff and <laughs> and i'm also just like i die for it so like i'm up at 4 a.m writing shit and you know oh. like which carrie my wife i'm sure will tell you like i'm just i'm like a night owl and i do that shit so now anyway when craig comes in he's we our chemistry is just like absolutely synced up right away and we wrote a lot. We write a lot of stuff together. I remember the, the first record we did with him in 2017, we went up to a room and I had like eight songs finished that I did on my own. And then we got in a room together and we wrote four songs just that were brand new, like out of nowhere that we didn't plan. And I didn't even have anything prepared. Neither did he. And we just came up with it. And it's like, so anyway, me and him are doing really good. So this record we're doing right now, we actually did a lot of it on stream, like on Twitch, where we would he, like I would write a riff on stream and then. I'd be like, all right, Craig's going to write to this tomorrow. Come tune back in. And then people would come in the next day and be like, all right, let's listen to Tom did this to it. And they play drums to it. And then he'd send me the drums and stuff. And so we put this together kind of on stream, which was kind of crazy. Wow. So anyway, what I'm getting to is we wrote a lot of this stuff remotely, kind of like what you said, Sandra, all yeah. the way back to what your first question was. Yeah, so we're, so my drummer and I, we work really well together. We wrote this record together, which was like probably the first record where solely like, 50 50 for me which is really it was great it was fun and it takes a lot of pressure off of me and um and it's and it's our best stuff so like i'm super happy with it so but then i go to new jersey and then my singer was there my bass player's there our producer is there our drummer couldn't get there 
because he's English and there's a travel ban still. So yes. he really got approved for a visa then. Um, but then it didn't matter. He had to get a thing called an NIE, which was um, uh, like getting an exception to, to break the travel ban. And he yeah. got denied for that twice. Essential then, work or something, yeah. It, it's, 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 uh, it was kind of insane because then I'm like starting to hear from other bands that are me- way bigger than ours that like generate way more money for the U.S. economy they're getting denied so i'm like we're screwed and then i ended up i told our record label i was like hey like this is going to get delayed our drummer can't get in and we're not going to record without him and then someone that they just hired they were like oh actually i know someone at the embassy and we're like well that's crazy gets him an appointment but he didn't get an appointment till august 3rd so but we're gonna go so we did everything but the drums okay so august 30 gets his appointment and if everything goes well He's coming to America. Then we're gonna go back up, finish the record, shoot some music videos, all that stuff. Oh man! Now this is this is the the hard rock band, correct? Not the indie band, correct? Okay. Uh-huh. We I need to just say this for our listeners because our listeners are like, "What in oh, the world is going oh, on?" Sorry, yeah, no, 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 because we talk about opera and and talk to people from all over the world about opera. Mm-hmm. But this is what I find that story is so fascinating because it's the same. Because what opera singers are dealing with, they're trying to get into the U.S. for this coming season is an absolute nightmare, which is what you're talking about with your drummer. And you and I are connected through your wife, um, Cher, who is really, this is this family that you have and the new little one. Can't wait to see what her talents are because Mm -hmm. you guys are like mega talented people. Your wife does this, makes this gorgeousness happen on the top of my head. She made me blonde from black hair, healthy, took a year. Yeah, your wife, your wife is crazy, insane, talented. Anyway, love her. So through this whole pandemic, she and I are, t- we've, you know, talk about everything anyway. But then we start talking about you and about, and I thought, oh my gosh, it's this, it, we are all, no matter what lane we're in musically, are all dealing with devastation. Right. And all of a sudden, you're, what you do, which is, you have a band called Straight From The Path. It's a, I mean, there are numerous metal core. I read that it could be called metal core, hardcore punk, rap core, rap metal. So you can uh, correct me on that. But that that was your first band that you were a co, that you were uh, original. Yeah. Co-founder? What, yeah, co-founder. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, what I wanted to say is this was so, this conversation was, I'm so glad you said yes, because I wanted this conversation so that our world can see that this is happening everywhere and that we're all connected. Mm-hmm. Um, and what this means for you, because like what you said with metal bands, there's mosh pits, there's you're in tight spaces. How in the world is this ever going to come back? And um, also like in China, you're not a- allowed to play loud or fast music right now because it spreads COVID. Huh. I, mean, I mean, probably, probably true. Who thinks of this though? Yeah, but you yeah. know, but but yet we're watching like full stadiums of people singing and yelling and screaming and yet we can't get back in and do what we do that's a whole other thing so i i just wanted to like start there with you and then um because you are so fascinating with how many hats you have on your head sure so not only with Sir from the path but you're also co uh co i don't know if you say co-owner or co-founder of what of trade wind of your other band called trade wind like a original member that's i think the original member okay of trade wind and then you also own uh a record label company is that correct correct yeah i mean Uh, it's called called other people records i do that with uh my partner jesse and savannah too um and alex like i we have like a that's the one thing 
that has actually done very well over the pandemic where okay. Uh, so I also, um, I don't know if I cut you off and started talking no, before I was supposed no, to. No, you're okay. totally great. I I just needed to like preface and I talk a lot too and like roundabout and dyslexic ways. So it drives <laughs> Sondra crazy, I know. But That's uh, why I'm along though. Like, cause it's like, you're literally, like you said, we're like the same, like like when I talked to you, like even when I first met you, I was like, that's just like me. It's crazy. Um, Tiny <laughs> object. That's what I call it. Squirrel. <laughs> <laughs> I give you the same way though. So I get it. Uh, I also do, um, I guess just for the sake of it, it's crazy because it's going to sound like I like talking about myself, but I hate it, but I still can't like stop. It's, it's, it's crazy. Anyway, uh, I also do uh, band management at a company called Tandem and I manage my own band Stray from the Path, uh, right. a band called Counterparts, uh, a okay. band called Dying Wish, uh, Miss May I, uh, Grey Haven, Unity TX, and a band called Lionheart. And like, so I, I do that. I do the record label that has like crazy. And a lot, probably eight to ten active artists with with a couple that are um, signed but not announced. Okay. Um, then I do Tradewind um, with uh, Jesse, who is the singer of Tradewind, who's also my partner at the record label, which is where they those both came together. Where uh, he also <laughs> he also if we talk about always sunny, like there's that the thing with Charlie where he's putting stuff together. You know, that's basically what this is. Uh, okay. So anyway, Jesse <laughs> is uh, one of my best friends. Um, he, he also plays in a band called Stick to Your Guns. They're like a hardcore metal band too. Like, and we tour together a lot and we would hang out a bunch on tour and then we'd get along. And then he was just like, let's start a band together. So we started Tradewind and we're like, who's going to put this out? Like, oh, let's start a record label together and put this out. And then they've both become like their own things now. Um, but Tradewind isn't, yeah, his vocals are really amazing. Yes. He, he is like disgustingly impressive that guy like he is yeah. so talented like uh, and if you hear him in Tradewind like in Tradewind he's an exceptional singer uh and he also plays guitar in that band and then he also he's, he plays for uh his solo artist is called Wish You Were Here and then he's in a punk band called Ways Away and then his main band is metal metal hardcore band called Stick To Your Gun so he's the same wait, wait. thing so he sings does he sing in his in his metal band he sings in his metal band and then he sings, I mean, you call it indie music is what Tradewind yeah, is. And he sings, that? he sings does he, that. Does he ever lose his voice? Yeah. He, he did once. Um, so we've been like very, we've been best friends forever. And like, like I've known him for over a decade. And um, there was one time where actually he was on a tour that came to Nashville and it was like the first or second days and we were watching him and, uh, and Sherilyn was there for this too. And we're watching him. And his voice goes out on stage like completely. And then we Ooh. left after he wasn't the headline band. He was uh, the main support band. And so after his set, we left and he, we were in the car. We we're going to get food and he couldn't literally make words. And and I was like, well, he actually made, he actually made two words to me. And like the only the words that, I, that he could speak out to me that was like this. It was like that. He was I'm scared. And I was like, oh, fuck. Like, oh, <laughs> Yeah, I was like, this is real. So they actually ended up like the only tour they've ever pulled off of in their lives was that tour that, that I saw him on. That was like maybe 2016. Um, but other than that, no, like he's good now. Like he just learned, like, you know, sometimes when, when it comes to hardcore metal, uh, um, sometimes you like people like hear like, oh, you're screaming, like whatever. Like mm -hmm. there's techniques to do that. And some people just like even myself, like I'll, I'll do backing vocals for my band. And um, and I don't know what I'm doing because there's not a lot of it. So I just literally just scream, at top of my lungs, you know, but that's wrong. And then like so I was at the, the day before the studio, um, me and my bass player, we do the backing vocals like I, because there's not that many. I don't care to learn because I'm just so busy with everything. 
but like we'll do all of our vocals in like an hour and a half and then at the end of the hour and a half we're like shit my throat hurts <laughs> I'm like you know so you warm up or do you just no do i it? don't it's so stupid but like you should and like he he wasn't doing that um the singer in my band he he does it too like so there's a lot of vocals like once you do it full time then you invest all your time into learning that and then you can do it for a month without losing your voice so i mean and if you heard all of jesse's projects like trade wind there's like singing and then really loud singing but and then in stick to your guns he's like screaming and singing and then in wish you were here he's like very softly singing because it's like two fion stevens kind of like almost stuff and then he's in a band called you know ways away which is all like yelling punk like kind of singing so he does all of it and he's the exact same with me where he takes on too much shit and it's like um which is why we get along together too um so yeah i i, I wear all those hats I don't know why it's just what I'm, what I feel like I love, what I love and what I know I'm good at, you know, cause I didn't go to college. Like, well, that's what we wanted to ask. How did yeah. you, where, where was your inspiration for getting into this or did it just kind of fall into your lap? And um, when you tell people what you, what you do, I mean, you play guitar, that's your correct. instrument. Yeah, correct. Yeah. So I play guitar in Straight from the path and trade wind. Um, and then, you know, for trade wind, it's all very collaborative for stray. You know, I wrote, almost everything up until you know 2017 where our drummer came in and now it's very collaborative and, and i'm not saying that like my guys do nothing like they definitely right. i bring them the songs and then sometimes they don't change sometimes they change completely you know so mm -hmm. uh, and then also our producer uh will um he uh he's also very involved he's basically a member in the band he's done our last this is our the record we just did is our sixth record in a row with him Mm -hmm. And so he's, he's one of my best friends too. Like, you know, came to my wedding and all that shit, you know? So like we're a very tight knit group. Um, and then I, I run other people records with Jesse. Um, and then I do, uh, I manage at tandem management. I manage like six, seven bands. So I don't know. I just got into it. Like, I don't even remember how, but like we started stray when I was literally 14. So like, I hate saying that cause I'm fucking 34. So it's like, Oh, you've been in a band for 20 years. Like what a loser, you know? But it's like, no, like if we're in, you know, I started when I was 14 with my friends and it was me and four other people that aren't even in the band anymore. And then it just evolved. And then, you know, so I guess that was like 2002 and then it evolved in like 2008, uh, drew our current singer joined and, um, then you know so that's like kind of, and then that, then we got signed on that so like that's like where i that like the actual time okay like you taught yourself how to play guitar yeah uh, i mean to an write extent. music i'm sorry say it again you taught yourself to play guitar and write music uh correct yeah so i would attribute a lot of that to so when i started straight from the path a long time ago we had two guitar players and the other guitar player's name is john and uh you know still like my childhood best friend and we still talk and shit. And, you know, I, I always will consider him like a brother, you know, but you know, he taught me how to play guitar, like kind of like, you know, Mr. Miyagi kind of style, you know, where I didn't even know. And, um, you know, and it's crazy. Cause like, I, I play a lot like him, you know, and, um, and I don't even notice it, you know? So, but like, I didn't take lessons or anything like that. Like I literally just picked it up and just started figuring it out. Um, you know, I learning like rage against the machine songs, which is like my favorite band and which my band sounds a lot like, and, um, you know, we would, uh, you know, my friend, I remember like my friends would teach me over like the cordless phone. Like he'd be like, all right, now do this with your finger, stuff like that. And like, and I would learn to play rage songs. And then once I could find play a rage song and then another rage song and then another rage song, I'd be like, Oh, I'm, I'm the best, you know? And then you start like kind of figuring out. And then now that I've been playing guitar for as long, I'm like, you know, with the exception of like the solos and the weird stuff that Tom Morello does, they're not that hard. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's like, but because rage was such a like iconic band and like 
gods to me. Like I was like, I, I could play what he's playing. I could play my own stuff, you know? And it just kind of unraveled from there. And then oh, what were you going to say, Carrie? I was going to say, I, I, when I went down the rabbit hole of researching you, you are extremely celebrated and well-known for your riffs, for your tones, for the sounds that you bring to it. It is uniquely yours. No one else has copied this. No one else can re reproduce it. There was even a segment where I saw that you actually taped over your pedals because you didn't want to give away yeah. or have other people steal your ideas or whatever. It was really incredible. So I am actually massively impressed with you teaching yourself, you know, just by ear over the phone or somebody telling you yeah. over the phone. And then you're, and then you have made this yours and made it so that people want to talk to you and want to know what you do and listen to you for that in these records. So that's amazing. Massive talent, massive passion. I yeah. mean, to, that's to, all extremely nice things to say. I appreciate that. And that, I mean, Carrie, that's, that's good research. Cause I, I used to do that like a long time ago, cover my, cause people, <laughs> I used to do all these like weird where I, they're definitely stuff that I've done made on my own and like stuff that I think are definitely proprietary to mine and my band, mm -hmm. but it, it all stems from like Tom Morello for sure. Where I watched an interview Tom Morello did with guitar world, like, I don't know, 15 years ago. And he goes, we signed our rage signed their first record deal and they give you like x amount of money for gear he's like so i would go and buy the gear with all the cool lights and they looked cool and then i'd throw the manuals out and figure it out and i'd make oh. weird stuff so i was like okay i'm gonna get pedals and make weird stuff and just not like that's just what i want to do so then i made my own weird stuff you know what i mean so okay. it's like yeah i did kind of you know i learned from him a lot and then um did my own thing but in my space like yeah I guess it's something that people weren't really doing. And I would do that. There's this one song where I literally would make my guitar sound like a, like a laser gun. And like, every, and that was like one of the songs where we started getting popular with, cause people yes. were like, what the fuck was that? You know? Yes. And then I, you remember, do that? Yeah. I remember I started playing a show and someone came over to my pedal board as I was just setting up and, and took a uh, picture of it. And I was like, you just take a picture of my pedal board. They're like, yeah, I got to figure that thing out somehow. I was like, I was like, uh -huh. all right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, then yeah. I started taping over my stuff, which I don't do anymore because now I'm, I like to give it away. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just like, whatever. Yeah, you want to see my tricks? Sure. I don't care. Uh, you're established time, now, you know, it's it's like people yeah. know who you are. But at the beginning, that's like that's like somebody copying our vocal technique or listening to us warming up. And and it's very individual and it's and it's very private in a way that, you know, you don't always want to. That's what makes you special in your own way, too. It's like where everyone is. But I, but I started to look at it this way where I'm like. Okay, I saw the Tom Morello video that inspired me to go do my own thing. So if someone's going to see my stuff and just take my stuff, then whatever. They'll figure it out somehow. But if they see my, my stuff and then it makes them want to do something different, that's cool. Yeah. And if they want to innovate off of the stuff that I've been thinking of, awesome. You know, um, and I'm, I'm very much like now, like, you know, so we're I've been a full-time band touring six, seven, six or seven records out, like, it's time for us to pass the torch a bit, not saying that we're yeah. like slowing down, you know what I mean? But, but like a lot of bands would, you know, when we were young, like the bands that I looked up to would start to take us on tour and teach us stuff. And like, it's a, it's a natural part of the music business. I think, you know, you've Definitely. learned and you've probably gleaned so much information from other people and it's just, it's history to just pass it on, you know, right. and, and without, even knowing, without even knowing, like completely like, um, completely subconscious you know what i mean where i'm like learning stuff and you know that's why like like if i manage bands too like it, like the younger bands i manage like 
little things where I'm just like, you know, what's important? Like where everyone thinks like, Oh, you got to practice. You got to get whatever. I'm like, what's important is that on day one of a tour and you're touring with bands you never met before go introduce yourself. You know what I mean? Like go say hello say thank you for taking us out. Like, like I'm, you know, fill in the blank name. Like I, I really appreciate you. Like that stuff went a long way. I don't know where I learned that stuff from, but I used to do, I would always made sure that I was very polite and, and always was very thankful to the people that helped, helped us out early on. And like, I used to do weird things though. Like, and this is where, like, like I, where I was like subconsciously managing the band early on when I didn't even know it was like, I'd be like, Oh, I hear of a tour coming up like that. Someone's putting together and we don't have a tour. I'm going to find his number and call him. I don't know this person. And I would straight up call them. And I'd be like, Hey, like I play for straight in the path. Like here's the record we're going to put out soon. Like you're doing a tour. I'd love to do it. And they're like, who is this? Like, excuse me, you know, mm -hmm. so it's like weird things like that, that I think that I didn't even think about. Like, it just didn't even cross my mind that this was weird, but I just did it. And, you know, and I like, I think that kind of like, I guess, fearlessness or just like no care. And like, where I would just talk to anyone, like that's a huge, like attrib attribution to have when you're like talking about managing bands or signing bands or anything like that. Um, and so I just did it. it. Makes no sense. It's got to be you like the Long Island. The gift the gift you know, that's what yeah. my, my grandma always called it. You got the gift of gab. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I think that's really actually important, especially for uh, we've got a lot of young artists, up and coming young singers that watch what we do. And um, that's one thing that Sondra and I've talked about is that do not be afraid to go talk to the people that have worked longer than you, people that you admire or people, you know, anything. Do not be afraid to go ask because most of the time, we want to talk to you too. We want to answer those questions. Um, I remember as a young artist in one of the big young artist programs we had to do this, we called it Death by Aria, where everybody in the business comes and listens to these young singers sing. And I got, I went to the administration and asked for a list of all the people that were listening to me that day. And I sent out uh, emails to all these people, not knowing that really you're not supposed to do that, but I didn't care. I was just like, Hey, I just wanted to know what you thought is what can I improve on? Blah, blah, blah. Do you know how many people got back to me and talked to me? And I got jobs from that just because I had enough, you know, cojones like you did to say, Hey, can we come tour with you? I just, why not? It doesn't hurt to ask. You always have to be polite and respectful, but it doesn't hurt to ask. What's the yeah. worst case scenario? They don't respond or they say no. Exactly. I mean, okay. Like I always say, I don't know who taught, who told me this younger on, but the, the only question that's dumb is the one you don't ask. Like the worst thing they'll say is like, who's going to go ahead and you'd be like, you know what? Fuck you. This is a against our lines. Like of, uh, of code. You can't be emailing us. Like don't reach out. It's like, no one's going to say that. They'll either ignore oh. it or they'll get back to you and be like, Hey, this is really nice. Thank you. Like, here's what I think, you know, like you care about what I think. Like they they like that, you know, like, yeah. um, so no, I, I think the worst that the worst thing they can say is no. Right. Exactly. You know? And that doesn't hurt your ego because yeah. nothing gained, nothing lost, nothing gained. I mean, just there you go, girl. Okay. Talk to me about what the future is for not not trade wind band, but for straight from the path as far as live performances. What does that look like for you? So I gotta admit, I'm definitely getting a little scared this week because you know i saw a foo fighter show at the forum got canceled the yankees red sox game got canceled the other day yeah the cases are all crazy again i'm like fuck don't do this to me but the, here's the thing they're not gonna lock down again like the country no. would freak out um and so i don't know i mean i we have a festival in england in six weeks i don't have any plane tickets bought i don't have 
anything. I got nothing because I'm just like, if the, if the second I buy a flight and then the second they cancel it and then I go, can I have my money back? They go, no, you can have a flight <laughs> And I got money sitting there for flight credit that I don't know when I'm going to use, you know? Mm-hmm. So I haven't bought it. I haven't bought shit. Um, then we have a tour in February of next year. And I mean, that's like, we are the uh, one of three. So uh, the opening band for like a, an arena tour over there. And it's like Europe. Oh, in Europe or in, in, Europe. in England. Europe and England. Yeah. Um, well, I forget they're different now. Uh, so yeah, Europe and England. And um it's like five to 6,000 capacity rooms, like, like big stuff. So it's like, and there's tickets are selling. That's the thing. Tickets are selling for everything like crazy, but yeah, like, let's go. Right. You know, but I'm like, okay, <laughs> I hope so. You know, that so we do February of next year and then we don't have anything until all, can help you with. Um, so, and then in Sorry. August, Sorry, my no, watch fine. just answered you. Somehow, something you said like went to Google or Apple or whatever, and it started answering you. Okay, I have. So I'm so sorry I interrupted you. Anyway, touring <laughs> England, February. Are you February. nervous about it? Are you um, nervous about performing with that many people? No, I, I, I've you know I bring a mask with me everywhere. I don't. I, I'm fully vaccinated. Um, you know, my band is either fully vaccinated or going to be. Uh, so is our crew. So I'm like what else do you want me to do? You know what I mean? Like, if you tell me what, like it's jumping, I'll, I'll say how high, you know, like I, right. I feel like it is our duty to keep the people in the, in the, you know, that, that go to the show as safe as possible. And if that, if getting vaccinated is one thing, then cool. I'll, you know, we've done it or we'll do it. Um, so I don't really worry about getting sick. I mean, I don't know if either of you did get sick over this past year and a half. I, I did too. Um, it definitely sucks. And like, the thing is like, I was sick for like 20 days. I couldn't imagine being away and being sick for 20 days. And like, you know, so that's one thing. Um, so, you know, I'll carry a mask with me everywhere. Um, and I, I mean, I don't really know what's going to happen. I don't know about like, cause normally like, you know, I also will go out into the crowd and just talk with people and like, and, uh, you know, I don't know if, I don't know how I'm going to feel about that. Um, but I definitely miss it. I'm not nervous about going back i'm more just nervous about going back and let's say i play five shows and they go oh you got to go home because that happened to me like for a band i manage they literally um they're a very young band they're called unity tx um and they're from texas and like you know they've never been on a plane before kind of stuff and like they literally had a european tour on march 11th so they flew on march 9th landed in march 10th Played one show March 11th and then had to leave the next morning. It has destroyed this band, destroyed them financially, spirit, like why, like they, they were set. Like they had a year that like a band like that could, you know, couldn't pay for. And uh, they had all this like hype in the world and all this stuff. And then it just killed them. And then, so like that, them having to go through that, which I had to go through with them was a absolute nightmare and um so i get very worried about that of like you know because i also know bands there's a band from australia um that came over and played one show in la and like it was a big show like a thousand people like that's a big deal for an australian band right and they kill it and then they had to go home the next day that band probably lost a hundred thousand dollars each um like not each easy 
like murdered. And um, so I get worried about that of like, all right, like, let's pay for this because you put up all the money up front. You know what I mean? Like in Europe, like in America, we're still kind of a small band. Like we'll play to like 300 to 500 people if we if we headline and we'll do like good support stuff where like we'll support bands that draw like a thousand people. And that's like it's decent in America. But like we haven't really grown from that. Like, you know, we're a very um, polar, let's call it polarizing political band. Um, you we know, and we're, that now too, we wanted to we, ask you about we, that. We too. that. Uh, but, you know, we're very, very left leaning which, you know, depending on where you are, flies or doesn't fly. Mm -hmm. And um, so in America, it's kind of a nightmare. And again, we've kind of plateaued and that's fine. Like we're comfortable with what, but you know, in, in Europe and England and Australia, like we're definitely starting to become a bigger band. Right. And um, you know, where we, we know that if we go and play like London, we start off, we play the 300 capacity room. We're like, cool. That was good. Then we go up, we do a 500, we sell that out. Cool. And then most recently we did an 850 cap room in London and sold that out. And we we're like, we sold it out six weeks in advance. So I was like, man, wow. we really probably could have done like that's big. 100. Yeah. It, for us, that's the biggest show we've ever headlined, honestly. Wow. Um, and it was, it was like the best, <laughs> it was like the best day ever. And then like, you know, now we're like planning to do, a, you know, like for, for us overseas, like I have plans out to 2026 where like, you know, we do 2019, we do this 850 cap room and we sold it out. And then in 2022, we're doing a 1500 cap room. And if we sell that out and then 2024, we're going to do a 3000 cap room. Okay. And if we sell that out, we're going to, in 2026, we're going to do a 5,000 cap room. Like okay. we're going until they tell us they're not buying tickets. Right. Um, and uh, so, so overseas, we have to fly. We need to, you know, get work visas in some places. We tour in a tour bus, which you have to pay up front for a deposit. Uh, you know, we fly our crew over. Like it is. Can you pay for all that? That all comes out of the revenue? Yeah, we, we put it up front and then, you know, we make it as we play. So if we put it all up front and then five days later, they say you go home, we're in trouble. We're in trouble. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's, that's what worries me. I, I, I don't, I'm not scared of, of being sick. I'm not scared of, you know, like I obviously don't want to be sick <laughs> because it was terrible, but, um, you know, like that. So I'm more worried about, because the thing is I've, we've gotten zero help zero help from you know the government um you know i've been waiting on unemployment since july of 2020 you know because the thing is like i make my money like the record label was a money pit up until the pandemic honestly and then the pandemic it did really well but then my management which was my main um income and then straight from the path which was my main income those are both dead <laughs> you know so that was it was good that one business at least did well and then, um, and then the other two suffered. So, um, so I, I haven't gotten any help, like, you know, which it's like, obviously I'm fortunate. My wife does well, you know, like we were, it's not like we were out on the street. So I, I try not to like complain about it. Cause I do know people that were, you know, the people right. had to like move back with parents and stuff like that. And right. so I'm very fortunate in that case, but you know, I do pay taxes and I'm like, that's supposed to be there for me if I needed it. I've never used unemployment in my entire life. Yep. Um, and that's why I was like, okay, so now I'm actually unemployed and they've just been absolutely like the last time I talked to unemployment, like they're like, Oh, it's all been escalated to priority. And you know, we're, um, you know, ask Gary about it. She can help you. How many hours did you spend on the phone, Gary? 
I, and you can't, I mean, like you, when you call, they boot you off after after 20 minutes. So then you can sit in a chat. Mm -hmm. I sat in waiting to talk to somebody for eight hours one day on a chat and then they, and then it's closed. So then the next morning I thought, okay, we're just going to keep, I'm going to get up at seven and what, and just start hitting it. And I, this was, I don't know if this was divine intervention or whatever intervention you want to call it, but the girl that answered the phone was an opera singer, young opera singer. And she was like, oh, I totally understand what you do. Hold on. Let me go look through this stuff. And it was just a matter of clicking, getting rid of red buttons, getting rid of red flags and re reissuing it. I, I could have, I don't even know her name because she, you know, you can't do that, but, um, I could have reached the phone and just hugged her. But, um, but yeah, like I've the amount of times, like I've six fifty nine with the number ready to go and I'm ready to press it. And then as soon as it goes seven, hit it and then go one and then three so that I could join the queue right away. That's the only way I could talk to someone. And then they tell me every time, like, no, it's all good. It's waiting for an adjudicator to look at it. And I'm like, who's this fucking adjudicator? And Thank they're you. like, yeah, they're like, oh, we can't, we can't give you that the thing. I'm like, well, I was like, yeah, I bet because they're fucking the devil. Yes. Um, so I would do this and I'm like, all right. So the last, the last call I had was um, actually, this was on chat and uh so it wasn't the last because I called afterwards because once they said it, I was furious. They said in the chat, oh, it's currently under review to find out if your business was affected by the pandemic or not. And I said, like, name another fucking industry. Name another one. Name another one impacted worse than music. Name one. It's yeah. not movies because they're being made. It's not sports because they're playing the full, full things like name one. And, and you know, if you want to even like shrink it down smaller, like. Yeah, music's coming back. Cool. The Foo Fighters can play at Madison Square Garden. Awesome. Good for them. What about my band? You know what I mean? Like, like shrink it down. Restaurants came back. It a comedy came back. It all came back, except for for music, music. all of it. And like as it's coming down, like the the as it shrinks down, like the the last one back will be metal, a hundred percent. So I'm like literally the in the worst industry you could be in. So so can you use this for songs? Oh, is it is it like inspiration for writing a whole new album? Like, I mean, the entire. I know the entire new record is is all about this shit. And, and to me, I'm just like. Let's I'll put it in a nicer way, because, you know, we literally just made it and it's probably not going to come out until next September, not even the one coming up like 22. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's all about, you know a figurative way of saying that these people that have fucked us are gonna they need to get what they deserve that's basically about it you know in in my music in my music it's easy to do that you know because it's like it's all angry screaming shit um and we've done that's what we do in the past you know what i mean like and um you know like in 2016 we put out a song uh called we put it out on election day Mm -hmm. and uh, it was called the house always wins and we were just like you know because at the time I was very anti-voting, right? And where I was just like, to me, if I vote, that's a vote in favor of the system. Right. The two-party system, which I don't back. Right. So I'm like, why am I voting? Like Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump. I was like, I don't don't want either of them. You know, and I was a very big um, Bernie Sanders supporter. And I still am. Uh, to an extent. And, uh, you know, I'm watching Bernie Sanders draw crowds of 100,000 people 
and I'm watching literally Hillary Clinton draw crowds less than my own band draws, like legitimately. You know, there's times where I see her in like California to like 100 people, and I was like, man, like, that's rough, you know? So, uh, you know, we put out a song like The House Always Wins, and it's all about that. And then, you know, in 2020, um, I definitely changed, you know, like I begrudgingly voted. <laughs> And, uh, you know, I, I'm not very happy with a couple things that are going on now and, you know, mm. whatever. Uh, I'm really curious about your, what was it called? Um, good night, good, was it called Good Night Alt-Right? Is that right? right? Yeah. yeah. Because that song got so much backlash from the right oh, that yeah. I was kind of, one. I was wondering if, were you worried? Were you, were you getting death threats or yeah. people, I mean, was that happening to you? Um, it was. Okay, so good night, all right. Yeah, so here's the thing. At the time, like, we're, you know, in the metal hardcore world, like, our band is pretty uh, notable, I guess you want to say. Like, we do well. But, like, we didn't think it would go off into, like, such a huge, you know, like. It was. It was huge. <laughs> it, got, it got massive. Yeah, like, we were getting hit up by, like, CNN and shit or whatever. Right. Um. So, yeah, we made a song. It's good night, all right. And, you know, it's about like fuck racism and fuck nazis and like we didn't think that would be very controversial and yet it was and uh you know we were like the very uh first kind of thing where that happened where like you know now like those whole like oh the right is they're all attacking you know fill in the blank person whatever it's like it's nothing now like now it's a common thing so it doesn't matter but at the time like i'd never seen that before i certainly didn't expect it uh you know and like you know richard spencer who was like the leader of the all right or the head of it or whatever he called it or mm -hmm. one of the big push like we mentioned him by name in the song yeah and he heard it and he tweeted it out like oh go get these guys or whatever mm -hmm. and then it just they did <laughs> it went nuts so at the time i mean it was definitely kind of like scary because like also the people that did support us and did back us were like whoa this is fucking scary what is this they didn't want to like come to our help mm -hmm. so we almost had like no help you know um and then, like, we had, and all these people, you know, like, if I tell you, like, hey, Carrie, I'm going to kill you, you're going to be like, okay, Tom, no, you're not. But then if I tell you that, like, 20,000 times, you're going to start being yeah. like, fuck, is he going to okay. kill me? You, know? you start to kind of think that, that stuff. But, you know, and then the one thing that would be like, okay, we advertise where we're going to be, in what state, in what city, at what venue, at what time, right. you know, like, right. everywhere. So, oh, you want your chance? Here, you can come get it, you know, like, uh, but they didn't do shit. They didn't do anything. So, no, no altercations, nothing. Oh, zero, zero. Um, and, um, you know, so, and we never really backed down. You know what I mean? Like, I would say that, like, when they were coming at us, we weren't giving it back because we were just kind of like, you know, if someone's talking to a wall, they're not going to talk to a wall for too long because we weren't even just going to respond. You know, our message was out. Like, people were like, give us a, give us a, give us a response. Like, give us your statement. I'm like, song is a fucking statement, bro. Yeah, you know listen I mean? like, to the song. I mean, we said it all. Thank you very yeah. much. Exactly. And it's like, you know, I didn't think this was controversial. You know what I mean? Like, oh, wow. Fuck racism and fuck Nazis. Like, if you don't back that, then fuck you, you know? Um, why go political, though, in your lyrics? Because it, the band didn't start out that way. So why, yeah. what made you guys change to to write these statements? Because it's not just about alt-right. You've talked even about the pendulum swinging so far left, so far right, that where why can't we all like get in the middle somewhere and figure this out, people? So why, yeah. why? I mean, in my opinion, that's really what the message of your whole band is, is to shed light on things like abuse and um, but and and shed light on that the alt right is like they might as well put on the Nazi armband. So um, where why why did you do this? 
Uh, I mean, I, th I think it just all comes with getting older. I mean, so I'm talking 2008, so I was 20, 21. And, you know, like you start, we start talking about the things that are affecting us at 21, which, you know, weren't police brutality. It wasn't the political climate stuff. And, um, you know, we would just talk about whatever was affecting us at that time. And, um, you know, which uh, we were very much into, like, uh, religious abuse, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Stuff like that, you know, right. so we started with that. And then, then you find out like, you know, it's kind of fucked up that these, these cops do all the shit and then they don't, they don't pay for it. You know, we're like, so we'll start writing about that. And we wrote about it in more of a like lighthearted manner with the song called badge and a bullet, which was like mm -hmm. one the song that kind of made us, you know, that, that kind of put us on the map. Right. And, um, and, uh, so we start talking about that. And, um, you know, but again, it was more of like a lighthearted, like, oh, you're a punk, like, you know, fuck you, you know, it was like kind of like that. And then we did a badge and a bullet part two on our 2015 record. And that was more of like, you know, we put out the music video and at the end of the music video, it was like, you know, uh, Michael Brown, Eric, Eric Garner, uh, uh, Walter Scott and Tamir Rice. And we'd like name them. We mm -hmm. like put them in the video. We're like, these are just like just some of the fucking you know, casualties at the hands of the police. And there's more every year. And we like put that and everyone was like, wait, what are you saying? Like, they all kind of freaked out. But, you know, like. Ahead of your time. Yeah, like, I, I, a little bit. Because at the time, like, again, we're like, I'm like, why is this controversial? Like, why are we getting shit for stuff? Because a lot of people don't like to get their boat rocked and they don't like to, you know. Have it in their like, face. Exactly. Yeah. Like people do like to run from it, but that's changed it's definitely very different now. Like in 2016 or 2015, when this came out, like it wasn't, I don't want to call it popular, <laughs> you know, but it wasn't like a pop culture thing to know, or, or like a, it wasn't a rel as relevant as it is today. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know if you've seen what happened in Los Angeles yesterday, but you know, like someone getting shot with a rubber bullet three feet away at point blank range with their hands up saying, don't shoot, don't shoot. And they're a medic and they get shot in the chest. It's like, it, this is now it's like, you can't run from it. You know, that's something yeah. that like a video like that gets a couple million views in a couple hours. Right. Um, and people are very angry at this stuff as we've seen over this past you know year. So um, we, the, the stray is always an extremely angry, polarizing, confrontational band. And um, you know, the way I look at it is rage, rage against the machine. They were like this. And I and when I'm a kid and I like it, I didn't even really know. You know what I mean? Like their their popular song, one of their popular songs is uh like there's a lyric in it that like I at, when I'm 13 and listening to it, it doesn't hit me. But like when he says like weapons, not food, not homes, not shoes, not need, just feed the war cannibal, animal eye, you know, like he says that in a popular song, and I just I just sing it because it's popular, but then I grow up, I'm like, Whoa. you know, weapons, not food, not homes, not shoes, not need just yeah. feed the war cannibal and there's another song that they put out called no shelter which was on there was a the godzilla movie back in the day and uh on, the, on this godzilla soundtrack was like foo fighters um the wallflowers puff daddy and jimmy page and and green day and all these big acts and then they were on it and then in their in their song which i can't believe they put on the soundtrack <laughs> you know, he would say um Coca-Cola was back in the veins of Saigon in Rambo 2. He's got a dope pair of Nikes on. Godzilla, pure motherfucking filler. Keep your eyes on the real killer. 
you know, cinema, cinema simulated life, ill drama, you know, whatever. And then the chorus was, um, uh, or like the main part was, uh, uh, Americanized, view the world through American eyes, bury the past, rob us blind. Like this was on the Godzilla soundtrack. On the on the movie. Yeah, on a, on the Godzilla movie, he says they say Godzilla, pure motherfucking filler. Keep your eyes on the real killer. And then it says like uh, the thin oh. line between entertainment and war. You know, and like this is stuff that I hear at the time, and it doesn't hit me. And then as I grew older, like the thin line between entertainment and war, you know, because like the thing is like now, and there's a song on this on our new record about this too, where everyone's like, oh, like, you know, the shut up and dribble thing with LeBron, and the keep keep the kneeling out of like you know Colin Kaepernick, and like you know keep politics out of sports, keep politics out of music, keep politics out of movies. Everything is political. Everything. And, um, you know, it's political when like, oh, you want to keep politics out of sports? Why do I stand for the national anthem? Why do they do something for the military? Like, you know, what I mean, like that's all political stuff that people don't realize. Um, And it's all stuff that's just put in your faces, you know, so it's like it is political. Everything's been done for so long. People never questioned. Exactly. Exactly. So, um, you know, that's like. um, So anyway. What, what I was saying about, like, why we talk about this stuff is, like, you know, if someone gets into our band and they get into it because the music is sick, you know, because I also, like, I do care about that greatly where I'm, like, I want to push, like, the, the boundaries of our, you know, space and make sure our music right. is exciting because I care about that equally as the, the message or whatever, mm-hmm. um, you know, but we do like to set an example and, like, and talk about stuff that we feel is real and stuff that we care about. And sometimes people get into our band just like I did for Rage. And then they don't notice what we're talking about until a couple years later. And sometimes that goes very badly for us or very good for us. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, um, in other places, like outside of America, like people agree with everything we right. talk about, which is why right. we start to get bigger in other places right. than we do in America, where it's like we play Denver, which I guess is a kind of a more left-leaning city, and we do really well. And then we go to Dallas, and it sucks. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's like, you know, that's just kind of the stuff that we have to deal with, yeah. uh, which is fine, and that's something that we take on. But we like to set an example and, like, you know, raise money when we can to help um, people or, like, you know, we've gone to like Africa before with, with, uh, with two different organizations mm-hmm. and like, you know, helped raise money to, you know, to help people out. Like, you know, like there's definitely more we can do where I wouldn't say that like, you know, we're the fucking, you know, gods of activism or like that. You know what I mean? Like we still, like, I still, again, I work in music. Like I have a family, like I can't. Sure. No, but you did a lot. You did a lot during the pandemic too. I mean, like you were selling merch and stuff to raise money for, for BLM and for all these other things. So I thought that was actually really inspiring and really cool that you guys did that. And, and that's the thing is like, like I, even we did, like we raised like $20,000 and um, for a, uh, a company, a company, a organization called Reclaim the Block that does, that takes their money. Uh, and this was for Minnesota and they take the money and they just reinvest it into the community. You know what I mean? So that's like what I'm interested in. And, uh, but again, like we're just putting a t-shirt out there and, and really like it's our fans that are, are our supporters mm-hmm. that they carry. You know, I, we just made a fucking t-shirt. Like that's what I'm saying. It's like, we want to set by example, but it's like, yeah. we're not really doing that much. There's m- people that are doing way more than we are, you know, but it's like, if we can be a form of like some kid that like, Oh, this band is sick. And then they find out like, Oh man, they're talking about that. They're talking about this, they're talking about that. And like that helps them to kind of be pushed into a direction in which I think is right, then cool. 
You know what I mean? Uh, and then sometimes they completely oppose us and then they, they say, fuck this band forever. That also happens. Sure. And, uh, it's just, it just kind of comes with the territory, but it's just like, you know, that's just what I, you know, like I get so frustrated about stuff like this, uh, like social and political, you know, stuff that when we write lyrics, like I, and especially with our band, it's being so angry and angsty, whatever. I want to be like, fuck all this, fuck this guy, fuck that, you know, person, like whatever. So I don't know. Well, is that why is that why indie music? When I read that you are leaning more towards that now these days, is that why? Is that an outlet for peace and calm for you? Um, I don't know because, like, let's say for Tradewind, um, because you know Jesse is also, and he's probably more far left than I am, and that probably definitely is. And um, you know, like that, the record is called. You know, it's like if you hear it, it's very sweet and like Bon Iver, like Radiohead kind of like chill vibes but like the record is called the day we got what we deserved and like you know die 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 yeah like that like that i remember he sent us that we're like bro, he sent us that. he's like hey i wrote the song like whatever and we're like I'm, i literally text him like did you write this for your other band you said it's the wrong group chat you know like but like you know then you hear the song and i'm like man this song is very nice like he, you know it's very good it makes me kind of feel good but then you listen to the lyrics and um and you're like holy crap like this is like you know it's very intense um so even in indie music i do kind of feel that i mean but it's definitely a different outlet for me um i guess you know but like even like i started listening to this artist yesterday i never i've literally known them for 48 hours and they're called clyro um i don't know if you've ever heard them but like so good and like young i i hope i'm not assuming but female like that is just like like they have this song called um alewife that's like the first song on their record and it's just miserable in like the nicest way and it's like you know they're talking about how like they were in a bad head space mentally and like they were going to do something to themselves that night like and then and then they're, they're singing to someone they're like you really stopped me from doing something to myself that night that's an actual lyric from it and i was like man this is so good too so it's like it's like the it's weird how sometimes the message fits the the mood of the music, mm-hmm. but like for Tradewind, it kind of doesn't. Where it's like we're singing all this, like if you hear "Die, Die, Die" from Tradewind, I listened to it today and I thought, what, what, what are, what are they saying? Yeah, <laughs> I had to go Google lyrics to a couple of them. I was like, wait a minute, wait, wait, wait. I got to see what they're, what are they talking about? Yeah. Um, but- like you'll say like i've made my mind it's me or my or it's die 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 and it's just like that's jesse being like you know you know because he's very involved in his community and like he does uh he does like mutual aid stuff and um you know like feeding homeless people and houseless people and you know getting them the stuff that they need and like you know like his whole thing is just like that it's like if you're not gonna do shit for me then fuck you and i'm gonna do it and i'm gonna help us what i can and like you know so he he puts that like kind of move, but it fits the song. Like if you listen to the song, like if uh, like a completely like unaware, like put the song on and it's nice out. You, it's like a song you drive to with the windows down and it feels good, you know, like, but like, the lyrics are miserable. You know what I mean? So it's like, the video. what's up? And oh, watch the video. He's killing us. Yeah. Um, but look at what would we do? What, let us think this pandemic, if we didn't have the arts, if we didn't have this medium, if the government didn't support arts, which they don't, you know, they literally don't. What, what what would people? What outlet would people have for right. 
all of their thoughts and feelings and emotions and aggressions or happiness or all of that. And I wish that the governments around the world, not just US, would realize that the arts are our way of releasing all of this anger and aggression or happiness or emotions. Yeah. And that we're important. Yeah. They, they uh, I'm glad you brought that up because you, we, one of us, one of the three of us said it like a while ago and we kind of didn't touch on it. And this is what I want to get to. It is, uh, and I'm not trying to complain again because it's like, I'm, I, I love what I do and I do it regardless of money. Having said that, like, I unfortunately live in a capitalist society where it's like, it's needed to do shit. Now I have a daughter and family and stuff like that. So it's like, sometimes you need to think about money, but I've never made decisions based on money. I never write a song based on money. I just do it. And, and, and I just got lucky that other people can resonate with it. But, you know, I, like Spotify hmm. is 0. 0.004 for, per stream. And it's like, that is nothing. Like, it is literally nothing. And um, so it's like, and that's where people, that's where the majority of people take in their music now is from Spotify. And I'll get paid fucking literally nothing from this. And, um, you know, and like, and I was even talking about this like a, like a couple of days ago with our producer and, and our producer's wife who works in digital music. And she works with like massive artists. Like, I think she works with two. And it's Bad Bunny and BTS, who are two of the biggest bands right now in the world, or artists in the world. And, you know, why we're, I forgot, oh, so we were just talking about how insane it is that, like, like, how little everyone gets paid. And she brought up, oh, they're actually working on this thing called Spotify Discovery, which a band can forfeit their royalties in order for better placements. And, uh, like, and more, yeah, no, it's crazy. They're just looking for ways to pay you less than what they're already paying you. And um, whether that gets off the ground or not, like, I don't know, but they, it's, frightening. It, it's, it's, it's crazy. And it's like, and then our producer was like, you know, if, um, if this, if Stray was as popular as they are now, 25 years ago, like you would be in a way different, like financial spot, like way different. And uh, because like people were charging, I mean, 12 to $20 for a compact disc right? that cost 50 cents to make. Right. So that, and that's why like it, that shit got so out of hand is because they were price gouging everybody. Right. And uh, they were, and then people were like, Oh, I could spend less than I've spent on one CD for every record ever made right. at the, at, at on demand. Um, and then everyone can say like, oh, well, with with the streaming stuff, then your band wouldn't be as big, which that could be true. I don't really know, because to be honest, we for the longest time, never been in magazines, never got on the radio, like nothing like we made our career off of touring and off of having a fun live show and um, being interactive with our fucking supporters. Like, that's how I feel like we've made it. I mean, I don't I don't I, it's hard to speculate whether we, it would be good or not. Um, but, but for instance, the largest opera house in the United States, in New York City, the Metropolitan Opera, sure. they have not raised the top fee for us artists in 20 years. Oh. How can, how can we keep doing what we're doing without some, I mean, housing prices have gone up, food prices have gone up, travel has gone up, but yet we're still capped at a stupidly low amount. Yeah. 
I don't know. It's and it's because, yeah, I guess because we're all stupid, and we'll, I, all, we'll all just keep doing it. We like, well, that's why I just kept with all the negotiations that happened with the Met um, for pay cuts and all that kind of stuff. I just kept thinking, no one is realizing that the power actually lies within the artist, oh, and right. if everyone banded together, that's where the difference can be made but i don't know if actually everybody could band together i you know I, I wondered through the pandemic at first it was 24 hours and i thought no let's make it a damn week like let's if you remove music from the world for a week what how would everybody react to that and i, I mean that's music in television in movies in i mean your daily Elevators. life your your news when you listen to your news that's there's music behind that and so i just can you remove that and then would, would everybody actually think that this really is important? And um, so I, I don't know, it bothers me to hear that about Spotify because it's the same thing what, with what we're going, it's very parallel where our, we have given our power away, period, it's gone. And the only way to get that back is if somehow we all band together and say enough is enough because- And they, they know like, cause it's like, okay, Spotify is gonna pay you this and we're gonna work on paying you nothing just for more exposure. And it's right. like, okay, oh, Spotify hasn't made it made a profit. Really? How much is the fucking owner of Spotify right. worth? Yeah. The opera house yeah. is charging more for their tickets. Correct. But there we're go. Not getting more but money you're not getting more. There's so there was right during the pandemic. Um, so we were supposed to do a tour in May of 2020, and they were trying to, to plant to move it. And they go, Hey, uh, we're gonna move it to the fall. Um, and we're like, okay, cool, we're in. They're like, Yeah, but you know. Uh, the deal's probably going to change for your money just because everyone's got to play ball. You know, it's like, so we're, we're really got to work together. makes work. I'm like, yeah, no problem. That's cool. And they're like, okay, so it's moving here and here are the dates. I was like, wait, we're playing the same venues. Yes. Uh, is the capacity size downsized? No. Uh, okay. Are the ticket sales cheaper? Uh, no. I was like, okay, at a certain amount of tickets sold, do we get our original fee? They're like, no. And I was like, okay, so why are we getting a reduction? Oh, because of COVID. And whatever i was like oh. this doesn't make any fucking sense like you know so we we literally said like we're out like goodbye Hi. the tour never happened anyway but um but we we're just like no fuck fuck that you know like so um again like you said it's it, it all comes down to the fact that like no matter what the workers are getting exploited and um you know, I, I referenced, I made a video that was like kind of a joke, but it's serious. Like, and I, I referenced Always Sunny in Philadelphia now for the third time on this. But uh, <laughs> there's, a, there's an episode for anyone who's listening that does see it. There's an episode where Danny DeVito, who plays Frank Reynolds, is stuck in a coil at like a children's park. And he's explaining uh, how a pyramid scheme works to the rest of the, to the, rest of the guys. And he says like, um, oh, what it is is where all the, the dickheads in the bottom do all the work and then all the smart people at the top make money. So like there was like a thing with, the, with two guys from Spotify and they're like, oh, let us tell you how royalties work. And then I put, and I put that clip in and I was like, and then everyone's like, oh, this is funny. I was like, yeah, it's funny, but it's also serious. Like we're yeah. the ones, like, uh, like I'm the one that fucking kills writing these songs. You guys are the ones that are, are out there fucking like, you know, doing your thing at, at like an at a elevated level. And it's like, take you out of the equation. Take me out of the equation. Then what? What the yeah. fuck does Spotify have to do? Like, you know what I mean? So it's like, yeah. but they're the ones that keep making the money. And then you, like, we're the ones that are fucking at 6.59 a.m. calling unemployment. And I'm still getting nothing. Yeah. So um, it all comes down to that we, we literally work in a system that just is not fit for 
the working class and the working class is the one that makes the whole fucking world go around um you and Cher were so uh congratulations on the birth of your daughter born in 2021 so exciting Mm -hmm. has that changed how you look towards your business and the music that you write and the music that you want to sing and perform play and perform Uh, i guess it definitely just affects the schedule of it but i feel like that would have changed regardless of her being born um i think because we literally toured full-time from 2008 until 2019 or i would say january 2020 was the last thing we did in in australia we toured for so what is that 12 years yeah non-stop non-stop like we didn't do less than six months a a year okay so we were like burnt so honestly the pandemic was good as far as like you know it was definitely depressing for a long time where like Mm -hmm. none of us knew if it was coming back what am i going to do like what do i have without music because i was literally like what do i have without music i literally um you know and like you know or even like my drummer going through like crazy stuff in his life and like my singer moving to france and getting a girlfriend in france and you know, like all this, like we felt like everyone was getting new things and it was like, man, are we done? Like we had so much more to do and all that stuff. But then we all started to kind of snap out of it a bit and and come back. But then we were just like, man, I don't, I value my time at home more and I don't need to go play the Lawrence, Kansas to fucking nobody. Okay. Or or people that don't like us and Right. And I don't need to do the fuck. I don't mean to single out Lawrence, Kansas, by exit because that's actually a beautiful city. But I'm like, you know, like there's just times where it's just like, okay, what are we making merch today? Oh, 400 bucks. Pay the merch bill. Put gas in. Like, oh, What's up? Quality, not quantity. Exactly. Where so it's like, okay, we were doing 175 shows a year. Let's do 75 and mm-hmm. tell everyone that we're doing 75. You know, let's do one US tour a year, not three. You know, and then like when we do. A European tour we do we do it big and we don't do it as often and like we will come and do festivals when we when we can and um so it affected that but as far as like um I mean the music only got meaner <laughs> even after my daughter was born <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> okay that, that's what I wanted to know yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. I mean, it's not going to change that because okay. like, stuff is so awful and like that's how I deal with it so okay. cool you know. Love it. Life is not awful, but like life is awful, you know? So it's like, that's how I deal with it. Um, Cathartic. That's what I I find going on stage is cathartic because I'm a very happy person, but I love suffering on stage. Yeah. (laughs) Respect, honestly. Yeah, that's good. Like, I like that. That's awesome. I'm the same. I'm the same way of like making like miserable music, even though I'm not, I don't feel like I'm a miserable person. You know what I mean? Like, I'm very fortunate for the life I have. And, but I mean, maybe I feel that way because I have the music where I could feel horrible and the music where I could feel angry. Like, so if sure. I didn't have that, like, Bingo. okay, we do this with all of our guests. We have rapid fire. So it's like, boom, boom, boom. Let's see how fast you can answer these questions. Can I start? Can I start, can I start today, Carrie? Yeah, go ahead. Are you ready for this, Tom? Let's favorite, go. What's your favorite thing to do in your free time? Oh, okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, uh, I play, honestly, I play ice hockey every Sunday, every Monday. I have two teams, Eastside Hellhounds and the, the Honey Badgers. One play, I, one I skate with, my cousin's on that team, who's like my cousin's like a brother to me. And then uh, the Badgers, I play goalie. To me, that's seeing my therapist where I go. I play for an hour and I think, I don't think about my band. I don't think about my wife, my daughter, my fucking finances, my whatever. I think about putting the puck in the net, nothing else. And that's like how I clear my head. So playing hockey 
That's awesome. Okay. Uh, what is the craziest rumor that you've heard about yourself? Fuck. <laughs> I don't know. Honestly, I don't know. Okay. I don't what know is I your, okay. Then I'm going to ask you this. Okay. What is your no fail motivational song? There's a song called Be Quiet and Drive from the Deftones. I don't know what that is, like if that's the right answer, but that's my song. That's like I put it on, I feel good. And like, okay. I don't know, whenever I need, I need to just feel good about anything, I put that song on. I don't even know why. Cool. Cool. Love right. it. Right. Last celebrity or person that you freaked out about meeting? Gordon Ramsay. And that was from Sherilyn set that up. She did the hair of the head of Fox for like whatever we lived in LA and for my birthday she's like oh I'm taking out for sushi I was like all right cool and then we showed up and it was like we pull into a lot and then I was like wait where, what is happening here like oh we're going to he had a show called the f word for a little bit and we're like we're going to that and we we're like no fucking way and like so we got to and no one else got to talk to this dude except for me and Sherilyn and like like literally set it up and like it was like a, literally like a like a NASCAR pit stop and it was like okay you're going to, all right, Gordon's going to be out here in a second. You got to be ready to meet him. I'm like, Oh, sure. Like, cool. And they came over and, he's, and he was like, all right, you're, you're Dana's friends. And we're like, yeah. Like, he's like, cool. He's like, nice to meet you all. Like, Oh, it's your birthday. I was like, yeah. I was like, Hey man. I was like, you know, I look up to you a lot, man. You're, you're a fucking inspiration. Like the, like the way, like the, like, cause I love like kitchen nightmares and like all the stuff like he does, like the way he even approaches like inspiring people and like getting the best out of people. Like, that's kind of my shit. And I was just like, man, I was like, you know, I love everything you do. Like, you know, you're the fucking man, whatever. And it's not like I was like, oh, my God. But it was just what freaked me out was just like he goes like this. He go, he did this. He crossed fingers. He goes, I'm nothing without my team. And I was like, this fucking guy's the best. And I was like, can we take a picture? He's like, we got to do it really quick. We take a picture. And he's like, all right, have fun. And he left. And it was like 20 seconds. But I, like that. And now that's like one thing I take, like moving forward is like even the bands I manage or, you know, whatever. Like I, this thing, fingers crossed, like. I'm nothing without my team like I, that I'll always remember. And it was like the coolest fucking thing. And he was so awesome and nice. And so I love him. Cool. Well, we love Gordon Ramsay. Thank you. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Is my, oh, is it my turn? Your turn. Um, do you have a secret talent? Oh, I don't think so. Or else I would have exploited it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm pretty good at poker. I guess, I mean, actually, you know what? As a secret talent, I, from like age 17 to 20, I was a poker dealer in like underground card rooms in, in Long Island. And like, so anytime, like if I play a card game, like now with my friends and it's like, oh, it's my turn to shuffle. Like, it's like, and they're like, what the fuck? And I was like, I used to deal. You know what I mean? So it's like, um, so I'm very good uh, card dealer. Okay, I read that you actually turned like six bucks into six thousand dollars. Sherilyn can. Sherilyn was there. It sounds crazy. So what happened was it was at a house party. Um, I was at a house party, and we were like young, seventeen, and this is like kind of how I got into dealing at, at these clubs because my friend was dealer there. Um, so I had six dollars in my pocket. And my, one of my best friends to this day, James, was playing. He was housing blackjack at this house party. I turned $6 into 200 And then I literally said to Sherilyn, I was like, listen, I, I'm so lucky and hot right now. I got to go play cards. And she was so mad at me. So I dropped her off. And then I went to, like, midnight. I go to play cards. And I like show up at a poker room. And they're playing a game called Omaha, which is like Texas Hold'em. But you get four cards and whatever. Anyway, I've never played it before, but I knew how to play. And they're like, do you want to sit in? I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'll sit in. Like, I'm, I'm still hot. And I turned $200 into $3,000. Um, and then I tipped my friend who was a dealer 200 So I had 2,800 bucks. I, then I go home. It's like 5am. 
and I wake Sherilyn up and I literally like threw money at her on the bed. I was like, get up, we're going to the diner. <laughs> like that. So like we get it. She's like, what happened? I was like, oh, I just want all this money. She was crazy. So we go there and then I bought a hundred dollars worth of scratch offs. I tipped our, our waiter a hundred dollars. We did the scratch offs lost on all of them. So I was like, I'm done. I was like, I'm cold. I'm officially cold. But like, yeah, that was like one thing. Um, like I'm That's also cool. like, good at like blackjack and like, like there's another thing we're on, we were on tour in Florence, Indiana. And we stayed at a, at, a, at a casino with two of the other bands on tour. And I took 500 bucks and I'm playing blackjack with one of my friends in another band. And I lost all of it. And I was like, all right, I'm done. So I was going back to my room and I saw another blackjack table with all of my friends at it with an open chair. And they're like, oh, come sit, come sit. I was like, fine. I was like, they're playing low, low stakes. I was like, I'll, I went up to my room, grabbed another 200 bucks. I was like, I'm just going to fuck around. I'm not going to try to make money or lose any. So I'm sitting there, I'm having fun. But then I'm like starting to get a little lucky. And I'm like, all right, cool. And then they all went to bed. I was like, I got my 500 bucks back. I was like, I'm going to go play a little bit. So I go and there's a blackjack table next to, to three of my other friends that are, uh, and one of them being our merch person and my bass player and then another person from another band and they're at a roulette table and next to that was a $50 minimum blackjack table so I was like all right I'm in there so they're watching and at this time it's like four or five in the morning so it's just the three of us up and I'm lit and I'm just like on fire I'm like now I'm up like 2,500 bucks and at one point what they were hand shuffling the deck and when when they would hand shuffle you'd take a break so I would take there was one point I was up $2,550 so I took the $50 and I go to the roulette table which was right next to ours where my friends are at and the ball spinning and I just saw red three and I put $50 on red three and hit red three and then so that was another 1800 something dollars I tipped the dealer 50 bucks I go back to my table I put 50 bucks on a blackjack bonus thing which is like if oh if you get two cards that are the same and then your dealer gets the same you get paid 50 to one I just put $50 on that the dealer gives me immediately two two fours. And then he shows a four, boom, another 2,500 bucks. I get up to $14,000 and I am, Jerry, we need to go play with him. I know I am screaming in this. <laughs> I'm going crazy. And then, so what happened was, uh, then I lose, like I lost like a thousand bucks, like really fast. I was like, all right, I'm done. So I took the 13,000. I put 10 in my pocket and I said, these 3000, I'm going to try to win another seven because I want to win 20. Because again, I just like it just went up and then I lost it all really fast. I was like, all right, whatever. I'm done. See you I, won, I won 10 grand. And the next day, I was like, we had to leave for, for the show. I was like, listen, guys, I was like, I, at the time, I had Citibank. I was like, there's no Citibank for like the next week. I got to go to a bank and open an account because I can't just have $10,000 cash with me. So anyway, that's another thing. So I guess that's a thing. that's your secret talent. I guess that's so. huge. Yep. All right. Well, I'm going to ask it. I'm going to mix it up and I'm going to ask the next one. All right. What is your favorite swear word in any language? And I have a feeling we both know what that is. Fuck. <laughs> Fuck. It just feels so good. I, I can't stop to because it's just like every time. I'm like, oh, this fucking guy over here. Like, what the fuck are you kidding? Like, I just, you know, can't take the New York. You can use it as any, anything, you know, noun, a verb, that fucker, you yeah. know, this. It positive, negative, like nothing, neutral. Like, it's just like. Like, oh, this fucking, oh, this fucking charger over here is like, it's not working. Oh, oh what do you want to grab my fucking charger? Like, this fucking charger over here is like, oh, this fucking charger is awesome. Like, you just all of it. You know what I mean? So, like. It's true. It's our favorite cuss word of anybody. So. Okay, now, if that's the first word your daughter says, I think you might be in a little oh, bit of trouble. Oh, I get that all the time. I was like, I'll tell you this, though. It's just like, I try to pull back, but. She's it just happens. She'll say it eventually. She'll say it eventually. Okay. Last question. If heaven exists. What do you want to hear God say as you walk through the pearly gates? You have talked much shit about. 
<laughs> but I'm gonna let you in anyway. <laughs> That's great. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You fucker. Come on in. <laughs> this fucking guy, the guy that talks so much shit about me. All right, I'll let you in, but fuck you. <laughs> there you go. I go. You know I was wrong. That's I was wrong this whole time. Well, thanks a lot for joining us. Yeah, definitely. It's very interesting. I mean, Carrie and I coming from our our musical background and to hear somebody else's story, it's it's really fascinating. So thanks. Awesome. And thanks for having me. I'm sorry I talk so much. Um, I love it. Okay. <laughs> it does our work, right? <laughs> no, I just, you know, it's fascinating. It's interesting. And I, I love the parallels in our careers. And I love that the at the heart of all of it is how much we love it, how much we are willing to sacrifice and give for um, the love of it. And also how grateful I think we all are for the talents that we have to be able to do it. So, and to make a living and put, keep a roof over our heads doing it. So absolutely. Cause the thing is, is like, even though all the stuff I mentioned sucks for all three of us, like I know there's people out there that would just trade with me in a second. And, um, and I wouldn't trade it all either. You know what I mean? Like we're definitely treated unfairly, but you know, like there's a lot of people out there that have given me a very fortunate life that I'm, and debt for them forever yeah you know so like the things where it's like i have to miss the burial of three out of my four grandparents and the amount of my wife's birthdays and my own birthdays and right. my mom's birthdays my dad's birthday like i i miss them all for them but they've given me more than i could ever give back so um it's it's definitely give or take you know give and take but um yeah like you said i'm just fortunate for it and uh like, yeah, I have problems, but like my problems aren't actual problems. You know what I mean? Like other people have, you know, other things, but yeah, whatever I can do, whatever I can do, I do it. <laughs> I don't well, even know. I love it. Really well said. Thank you. Thanks so much, Tom. Thank you meet you someday in person. Oh, yeah. I, I want to go to, uh, I'm telling you, both of you, like I need to go to your shows whenever they're happening. I'm there. And like, we need to go to yours. To. Oh, yeah. yeah. We We'll, to, we'll, we'll do a trade. Yeah, we'll we'll hook each other up and we'll and we'll make that happen. Well, I'm sure we'll both that. see some shit that we've never seen before. You know yep. I mean? That's that's what uh, that's what special is like. Such like crazy extremes of like opera and like metal. Like I'm gonna experience like something I've never experienced before, and I feel like you guys would too. So it's like we got to make it happen. Well, I think right. I think you need some. Yeah, and I think you need some operatic sounds in your metal. I mean, it might might change the world, man. My <laughs> life. I would love that. It'd be awesome. Good job, Carrie. Oh, yeah. Nice meeting you. Thank nice you. Meeting you. Cool. Have a good weekend, guys. I right, thanks you too. Yeah. Right, bye. bye.